Welcome to New Spring Church. We pray this message has inspired you to live a great life. For more information about our story, go to newspring.org.au. I'm going to um, just walk through a resurrection story this morning and um, didn't want to do too much teaching. I simply want to walk through it and see what God would actually say to us. You know? And this story is um, it's a little bit of a strange story, but it's found in Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to read from verse 13 to 35. If you don't have your Bibles, the scripture will be up on the screen for this reading anyway. And from verse 13, we read this. Now that that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table, get this, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They were found, there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. What an interesting resurrection story, hey? As I was thinking about that story these last couple of weeks, I had this thought that kind of came to my mind, and it's even in my mind right now, and the question is simply this. I wonder how many times Jesus has walked those seven miles to Emmaus. I wonder how many times he's actually done that. It seems really strange to me, this story on 
first reading because this is Resurrection Sunday. This is like a really important day. I mean, if you think about it, this is the day that was planned of, it was thought through, it was executed. And before the foundation of the world, God actually planned this and knew this day was coming. It was, it was the perfect plan. It was the perfect plan that no one actually saw coming. I mean, as far as humans and humanity is concerned, we're still scratching our head. We talk about the resurrection, we preach the resurrection, and the resurrection is offensive to some people, to the stumbling block, to other people. And, you know, even the, the, the demonic, the spiritual world, the devil and all that, they, but they were absolutely bamboozled by this perfect plan. First Corinthians says that if the rulers of this world had actually known and understood, they would never have crucified our glorious Lord. And this is the win this Sunday. This is what was talked about from Genesis. Where when the fall happens and Adam and Eve are there and God comes and he finds Adam and Eve and the serpent there and the, the, the devil embodies the serpent and God says to him, you be, may be laughing now, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. Out of her seed is going to come one and he's just going to smash your head with his heel. This is that day. I mean, it's one, thing to, it's one thing to run your mouth and actually say, this is what I'm going to do. It's another thing entirely to accomplish it in such a magnificent way. You know, when you get an awesome win. What do you normally do when you win? You know, do you like sort of celebrate, chuck a party? If we win, maybe we might parade and like sort of just go out and say, look at me. I, did, I told you I was going to do it and I did it. We might do that when we get a win, but not our God. You see, it's Resurrection Day, and on this very first day of new creation, the opening moments of this new dispensation of grace in which we now live, Jesus meets two people walking to a town that is so small and so insignificant that even right now we have no idea where it actually was, positioned on the map. He's on the road to Emmaus. I wonder how many times Jesus has walked this road. And on this road, we find two people. Now, these two people, they were previously associated with Jesus. They're familiar with Jesus. One of these um, wanderers, these people are journeying. One of them's name is Cleopas. The other person doesn't have a name. Possibly a woman, possibly his wife. But apparently, so insignificant doesn't even warrant a mention in the Bible. One of them's named, the other's unnamed. They're walking to this insignificant town called Emmaus, and they're actually walking away from Jerusalem. And it makes me think, why in the world would Jesus, on this most significant day in history, get on a path and walk to possibly one of the most insignificant towns of that known world? Why would he do that? It seems kind of odd. Because Jesus, he's still got work to do. I mean, he still needs to go and show himself to the disciples. He still needs to go and appear before in front of over 500 people. He still has 40 days of teaching and instruction. My goodness, Jesus, do you still need to go and establish the church and launch the church and give your final words and, and send us on our way? I mean, this is like a significant period. Why in the world are you doing something that seems to be so insignificant? It just doesn't make sense. Well, for Cleopas and his companion, it was only three days ago that everything was different. Three days ago, we um, remembered Good Friday. And you need to remember, for these guys, three days ago, that's when it all went down. Three days ago, they had hope. 
They had amazing hope. In fact, in their own words, they say, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. It was only three days. It was actually only a week ago that they had been with a bunch of people and they marched into Jerusalem. At that time, historians say there's possibly about 2 million people gathered in Jerusalem for Passover. And there's like 2 million people. Jesus comes in. He decides to come in on a donkey, something that's prophesied in the the book of Zechariah. He comes in and they're all shouting. They're all cheering. And this is only a week ago. A lot can happen in a week. Everyone knew about Jesus. You know, it was only a short time before he came in on the donkey that he actually raised Lazarus from the dead. That's crazy, you know. I know Ed Sheeran, he could pull 120k people in Perth County, but he ain't raised no one from the dead. Everyone wanted to see Jesus. Everyone wanted to touch Jesus. At that moment, Jesus could have done absolutely anything, and that's just a week ago. A lot can happen in a week. Three days ago, their life was in a different place because this story starts when they're saying that they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're walking towards Emmaus. And what's interesting is that Jesus has specifically set his eyes, set his attention on Jerusalem. So these two, they are with those who are walking with Jesus and they know we are going to the right place at the right time and that right place is Jerusalem. Three days later, they're walking in the opposite direction. Crazy. Crazy. It was only this morning they were hanging with the right crowd. It says that this morning the women went and they saw an empty tomb and others went they saw an empty tomb and, and there's rumours that, that they, Jesus may not be dead. My goodness. It was only a couple of hours ago they were hanging with the right crowd. Now they've walked away. And in this moment they're disillusioned. They're hurting. They're walking in the wrong direction. And scripture actually paints this so perfectly when Jesus comes and asks them a question and it just simply says, they stood still, their faces downcast. He goes on to say that one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one who visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, Jesus asked, about Jesus of Nazareth? Get this, three days ago, or a week ago, he was Christ. He was Messiah. He was King. They were shouting, Hosanna, which means, God saves, come and deliver us. That was only a short time ago, but today, he's Jesus of Nazareth. That change in language is really significant, right there. I wonder if you've ever been in a time when Jesus was this to me, but today... He's something else. That's what's happening. It was only three days ago. Jesus, man, he was Christ. Now, he's just a bloke who grew up in Nazareth. It's really significant, that language. I wonder if that journey sounds familiar to anyone. If you know anyone who's ever been on that kind of journey. Someone who, you know, you once had hope and you lost it. Once heading in the right direction and... Now you're heading in the opposite direction to the right direction and once hanging out with the right crowd, but now, man, now you're disillusioned, you're hurting, you're walking in the wrong direction. Now, I wonder sometimes how many times Jesus has walked 
those seven miles to Emmaus. How many times have you done it, Jesus? And what's amazing about this story is that while these two are walking in the wrong direction, as these two are walking away from the right crowd, as these two are walking away from the right place, Jesus is with them, but they're completely unaware. And get this, it's not because of their lack of faith, it's not because of their sin in their life, it's not because of their disobedience, it's nothing that they've done. Scripture actually says that that they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with these two people who are in such a predicament and they don't know that Jesus is actually with them, not because of anything they've done, but because they've been kept. Isn't that an interesting insight? He's walking with them. Jesus walks with them on the road to Emmaus and they're unaware. And then all of a sudden, something happens. From verse 30, the story says that when Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Isn't that just so Jesus? Have you ever had like this really profound holy moment? You know? It's like, my goodness, God is here. God is speaking. And then all of a sudden, just disappears. It's almost like it was enough to get you hungry. But you want to actually have that every day. And God, for some reason, says, no, you're not going to get that every day. You can have that once in a while. It's almost like here's a preview, here's a snapshot of what's going to be fulfilled and what's going to always happen. But for now, I'm just going to give you a holy moment. They have a holy moment. Just a moment. It leaves them hungry. They behold Jesus. And in one sentence, we actually get a glimpse of what happens when two people who are disillusioned get a holy moment, get a glimpse of Jesus. Verse 33 says they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Holy moments. And as these two are heading back to Jerusalem and as they're talking to each other, they actually fill our sin about something of life and fill us in about something of our journey with Jesus. In verse 32, they asked each other, We're not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Makes me wonder, how many times has Jesus walked this road? Truth of the matter is, I have no idea how many times Jesus has walked this road. But I can tell you this, I met Jesus on this very same road. My wife, Andrea, met Jesus on this very same road. Maddie Horner met Jesus on this very same road. Nath, our youth pastor, met Jesus on this very same road. You see, I don't know how many times Jesus has walked this road. I don't know how many times he's walked on this path where he's met people who are disillusioned, who are downcast, who are walking the wrong direction, who are hanging out with the wrong people, who, who seem to be so far from where they should be. But one thing I know is that even this day, he still walks that road to Emmaus. Isn't it interesting 
Like we come here and like we're expecting an Easter's message and an Easter story and all that. How about we press pause on that and consider what Jesus actually did on the first Resurrection Sunday? And if we consider what Jesus did on the first Resurrection Sunday, maybe we're supposed to do that. Maybe we're supposed to do that. Because I can pump you full of theology and all that, and you get great theology here. You do. But I don't want to just know theology. I want to know how Jesus walks. I want to know what Jesus does. And on this most significant day, if Jesus is doing something that seems to be so insignificant, it can't be insignificant at all. It has to be significant. It has to be a pattern. It has to be something that I'm supposed to look at my resurrected Savior, look at what he did in the very first case, the very first moment, and say, oh, if he's walking that road to Emmaus, maybe I'm supposed to be walking that as well. Because here's the deal. There are so many people, and we know people, don't we? I know friends. I know, I know people who are walking on this road to Emmaus and, and they may not know that Jesus is walking with them. They may feel really bad about themselves. They may have no clue about the gospel and all that. Yet Jesus is actually with them, but their eyes are veiled. They, they are kept from recognizing. But here's the difference. I can recognize. I can see because the veil has been lifted from my eyes. And if I am to be part of the church, I'm supposed to be walking that same road with people. I wonder how many times Jesus has walked that road to Emmaus. I wonder how many times. Well, I am proposing, encouraging, prompting, pushing, provoking, compelling, trying to persuade New Spring Church that this is our call in life, to follow the model of Jesus as he walked on that very first Resurrection Sunday. And as we look at this, I want us to consider three things that happens that causes these two wanderers to turn around and start walking back to Jerusalem. And they are so, so simple. It is just crazy. I think sometimes Christianity is so... I actually think Christianity is too simple. I reckon if it was harder, we might do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I reckon it might be, but it is just so, so simple. And um, this is what they say. When they ask each other, where are our hearts? We're not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us. That's the first thing Jesus... You know, Jesus talked to these guys, or possibly a guy and a, and a, and a lady, on the road to Emmaus. How easy is that? To actually go to someone and we say, you know what, you're, you're, I can see, man, you, you, you're walking away. You're actually walking away from God. You're walking away from the church. You're walking in the opposite direction and your eyes are downcast and you have no hope and you're disillusioned with this world. And um, instead of saying, well, I'm not going to like to hang out. No, 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 no. These guys who have experienced Jesus, they've had this experience of their heart being warmed. They said, he talked with us. That's pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, who can talk? You're all a little bit quiet. Who can talk? Come on, we have to do some crazy things. I need a feisty church, you know what I'm saying? We can talk. We can talk. He talked with us. It's important to talk with people. It's important to love people enough to go and talk with them. 
But he didn't just talk with them. He opened scripture. Can I say that we as followers of Jesus Christ, it is important that we know scripture. Because if you talk with someone and you don't even know the gospel, my goodness, you can talk, but we need to know scripture. A couple of weeks time, we're starting momentum. Gareth's heading that up. We're going through some truths about the Christian faith, what we believe, why it matters. Then maybe some of us say, you know what, I need to brush up on a little bit of theology here. I need to brush up on some scripture because if I'm supposed to be walking on the road to Emmaus and if I see some guys or if I see some family or I see some people who are desperately loved and I can see they're on this road and I'm supposed to go up and I'm supposed to talk to them, but I need to open up something, I need to tell them something, mate, that'll be a great thing to be part of. Um, that'll be an absolute cracker. But they opened scripture. They opened scripture. And understand it was very significant what type of scripture this is what they say he explained to them what was said in scripture concerning himself I've been around the Christian traps long enough to know we can get on hobby horses you know you know <laughs> I'm just going to go on the thing the returning of Jesus Christ you know it's just like or all that, like eschatology. Or I might get on the bandwagon of healing. Or I might get on something. Jesus didn't go through all that sort of stuff. He opened up scripture about himself. We need to open up scripture about Jesus to people. Because it is beautiful. It is marvelous. And it is so compelling. And let's be honest. That's how my heart got warm. Because someone came and told me about Jesus. Someone came and told me that he died for me. Someone came and told me that he wants to have me as part of his family. It was crazy. It was incredible. And the last thing that is really simple, Jesus talks with them. Jesus opens up scripture about himself to them. Third one's so simple. He actually went on the journey with them. He went on the journey with them. He went on the journey. Do you know... Each and every one of us are on a journey. And uh, my journey is not complete. And I need people who are going to walk the journey with me. And so do you. So on this Resurrection Sunday, the very first Resurrection Sunday, I just thought it would be interesting to retell the story about what Jesus did on that first Resurrection Sunday. Have you ever thought about that? What Jesus did. He goes and he meets two wanderers who've lost hope, heading in the wrong direction, having left the right place, completely disillusioned, and he starts talking with them. He opens up scripture before them, and then he journeys with them on this insignificant road, a road that no one really cares about. And as a result, Scripture says that their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And as they think back, they recall and they say, were not our hearts burning when we were with them? What an amazing picture, eh? What a phenomenal first resurrection Sunday. I'm going to call the band up. 
God, we're going to pray. We're going to commit the scripture to God. And we're going to ask that if God would shake us, if he would mold us, if he would challenge us. As we consider that first resurrection Sunday over 2,000 years ago. How about we close our eyes and we pray. Father, we do come before you in Jesus' name. We understand, we recognize, Jesus, that you do not do anything by accident. You do everything for our instruction. You do everything to teach. And I pray that as we consider this road to Emmaus, as we ask ourselves, how many times have you walked on this path? How many times have you walked on this road? How many times that we would understand and we would consider that we met you on this road to Emmaus. We met you there. You know, I don't know your story, but you may be here and it's been a long time since you've been in church or maybe you've never been in church before. And as we consider this Jesus, as we talk about this Jesus, I'm aware that people here this morning may never have made a decision to follow Jesus. To make him Lord of their life. And maybe on this Resurrection Sunday, this could possibly be that moment where you were on that road to Emmaus and you recognize him. He's been there the whole time. I mean, if you cast your mind back and if you think back at the moments of your life and the key things that have happened and why you're still standing and why you're still here and why you're not out for the count, you can identify and you can acknowledge that somewhere in all of that stuff, God's been present. It amazes me that God, who is so big, would come and walk on such an insignificant path. But you see, for God, it's not insignificant. Not insignificant at all. The path may have been insignificant, but the lives of the ones walking on the path are the very reason why he came. The very reason. He came to seek he came to save. He came to love. And one encounter, one genuine encounter, I ain't talking about fake in Christianity. I'm talking about genuine encounter. It will cause you to stand up, to turn around, and to start walking in the right direction. I don't know where you're at this morning. But maybe this morning, it's appropriate, it's right for you to pray a simple prayer of receiving Jesus into your heart, of accepting the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. Now, I'm not going to call you up, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not even going to cause you to raise your hand or something, but what I will do, I'm going to lead us in a prayer as a church. And if you're in that place where you know, I need to pray this prayer, I'm going to encourage you in your heart as you pray this. Engage your heart and say, God, 
I'm in business right now. I need you in my life. I've lost hope. I'm heading the wrong direction. I'm hanging out with the wrong crowd. I'm disillusioned. I put on this mask. I'm pretty good at faking it, but truth be told, and you know the truth, I am desperate this morning. I'm desperate. And if you're desperate, you're in exactly the right place. Because Jesus is walking on that road to Emmaus. And on April 1, 2018, guess what? He found you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. So as everyone's got their eyes closed, heads bowed, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, my God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I do believe that you raised Jesus from the dead for my sin. I accept Jesus. And in accepting Jesus, I am part of your family. I am a child of God. I am a Christian. And I'm going to need your help. I pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you needed to pray that again and you prayed it, can you come and have a chat with us afterwards? Because we'd love to help you in the next step of your Christian journey. Isn't that great? Are you guys still excited about Resurrection Sunday? Are you excited that he found you on the road to Emmaus? Are you excited that he didn't think that you're too insignificant to actually get on with other things, but he came and he sought you and he rescued you and he redeemed you? So good. How about we stand up? We're going to celebrate. We're going to pray.